Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello, I am absolutely delighted to be joined by the brilliant Mark Owen-Jones, who is Associate Professor of Middle East Studies, the author of Digital Authoritarianism in the Middle East and Political Oppression in Bahrain. Also, just confuse everyone, we do obviously have remarkably similar names. We're not, not as far as I know, related. I'm sure if you go back long enough in Welsh history, there is maybe some, who knows, some familial ties. Who's to know? Right. That's, Son of that, John. That's what Jones means. So John got around. John. Yeah, yeah, it's not the rarest name in Wales, to be fair. True. Um, I'm delighted to talk to you today, particularly about misinformation in the horror show, which is, of course, the onslaught against Gaza. Um, and I have to say, look, every wartime propaganda, as long as there's been war, there has been wartime propaganda. But obviously the nature of the digital revolution means there's far more, I suppose, avenues now uh, for that. And I suppose the Israeli state has a very sophisticated propaganda machine. So I just want to start. One of the things you look at is about the issue of what's called disinfluencers, which I'm very fascinated with. What the hell is a disinfluencer and what's their role in the current horror? Well, I, the term disinfluencer is something I came up with because of my research. What, what I've noticed is essentially it's someone who routinely spreads disinformation, right? Disinformation and influencer, combine them, you've got disinfluencer. And the reason I use that term is because I've noticed that there's people essentially who routinely spread fake news. And that can be the official Israel account linked to the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, or it can be others who seem to be uh, spreading pro-Israel propaganda in this case, or any other form of propaganda or disinformation, um, for reasons that seem suspicious. And by that, I mean, they crop up every now and then to, you know, share an absolute whopper. So just to give an example, which I think is always useful, you know, one of the strategies that Israel has always used is to initially attribute anything to Hamas or Palestinian. We all remember the killing of Shireen Abu Akhla last year. Initially, you know, the strategy was to say, oh, we didn't do it, or if it, it was a Palestinian gunman. It was an Al Jazeera we, journalist, for those who don't remember. Yes, sorry, yes, an Al Jazeera journalist. Um, and it was later found that she, the Israeli uh, soldiers actually had shot her, right, despite attempts to cover it up. And um, disinfluencers in this day and age will do something similar, right? So I've seen a bunch of these uh, tweeting and writing about uh, what's going on in Gaza, uh, Amjad Taha is one of them. He's a famous disinfluencer. He's spread many fake stories in the past, but what really caught my attention recently, he, for example, there was a video that was shared, circulated uh, a few weeks ago, showed uh, some people cycling around dead bodies on a road. It had very clearly been the result of uh, an Israel airstrike or artillery attack. And without, a, you know, without waiting a second, he basically claimed it was Hamas snipers. No, no evidence to back that up it got thousands and thousands of shares, millions of views and, and shares. And uh, it then got picked up by legacy outlets, right? Like the New York Post. They used him as a source for the story to say that Hamas snipers were shooting Palestinian civilians. But he has no credibility. In fact, I've looked at this guy for three years and he spreads fake, fake stories, you know, like, for example, saying that, you know, Qatar bribed uh, Ecuador to, to, to lose the opening game of the World Cup, right? 
Ecuador won, by the way. And, and so this is a good example of a disinfluencer. But we're also seeing the emergence of, you know, Hasbro accounts. These are people who engage in pro-Israel propaganda. Uh, but also, I would argue that the official state accounts of Israel, accounts like Israel, at Israel on X, which is linked to the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, are disinfluencers because they routinely share fake news. And this, when it happens so often, I mean, we can't say it's an accident anymore, which is why I say this, because this means deliberately sharing false news as opposed to miss, which means accidentally sharing false news. I no longer believe that these actors are acting in good faith and sharing news that's false just by accident because they do it so often. So, I mean, you've alluded to there. One of the key roles of disinfluencers in this particular conflict is there's a recognition that there was a colossal death toll, which is obviously mm. having an impact on Western public opinion. Uh, so it's to spread the idea that what you're seeing is not the product of Israeli military action, but either, you just give an example, it's actually Hamas, or, mm. for example, a recent is, well, it keeps recurring, is of babies who parents are grieving over actually dolls, uh, or indeed there was a use of one clip, for example, of a, it turned out to be a Thai toddler um, at Halloween from 2021, and they claimed that this moving supposed body wrapped up in, in a kind of corpse, because it was actually a, a Palestinian child pretending to be dead. So, I mean, that's a kind of example, isn't it? It's to kind of go, these aren't really dead people, they're not really dying, and they spread that online to sow doubt. Yeah. That, I mean, that's an example of crisis actors, right? And we've seen this trope in Russia, Ukraine. By crisis actors, we're talking about the term actors, someone who in theory is paid or faking injury. And again, you mentioned those two examples, but the most, I think, prominent one is the one shared by the Israel account a few weeks ago of a baby that claimed it was a doll wrapped in a shroud. And it was, it was a real, actually it wasn't, it was a real baby who'd been killed and was being held by a grieving relative. And not only that, this has happened against, it happened a few days ago. The same thing. Uh, accounts claiming that um, the Pal Palestinians were using babies that were dolls uh, to evoke sympathy, uh, again, to cast doubt on the narrative that there'd been so many Palestinian losses. And let's fuse this into a larger narrative, a meta-narrative, which is, you know, casting doubt on Palestinians generally. What would Joe Biden do about a month ago? He, he basically kind of repeated this narrative that Palestinian death figures or Hamas death figures were not to be trusted, even though a number of organizations have spoken out from Human Rights Watch to others, saying that Palestinian death figures, Ministry of Health, have historically been reliable. So there is a clear narrative that seeks to cast doubt on the huge volume of innocent Palestinian civilians dying. And that ties in with Israeli propaganda, which obviously tries to seek to minimize the uh, their perceived brutality, right? Because obviously that will push public opinion against Israel. And public opinion is clearly moving against Israel and they are getting a little desperate, which is why they resort to these ridiculous narratives and lies, which are fundamentally also de dehumanizing. Mm -hmm. To lie and to claim that someone who's just lost their child is using a doll is dehumanizing, right? You're calling that person a liar at the most, perhaps the most um, saddest or tragic time of their life. Yeah, and it's, it's the idea that Palestinians are so depraved that they will... Um... It's, they will pretend to grieve um, over their dead children who aren't actually dead children, they're actually dolls. That's how to pray. Well, it's, a, it's, it's an Orientalist trope, right? It's the barbarian other, it's the barbarian Easterner, the uncivilized Easterner who will lie to gain sympathy. It's the duplicitous Arab, right? It's tying into all these narratives, uh, you know, about people from, from the East being somehow deviant, you know, and it's super problematic, but it's being weaponized on a huge scale right now.
There's another example, which as, as a crisis actor, and this is a Palestinian vlogger who frequently, many, I follow him myself on Twitter, uh, people mm. may see him out and about. Um, and there's a meme that goes around which shows him in various situations as mm. singer. Um, he, do, he does actually sing. I've seen his video. He's actually quite a good singer, to be honest. Um, um, but then it goes, you know, it goes through various, you know, like war correspondent. And then it will show him pretending supposedly to be a wounded patient, um, which shows he was just pretending. And that wasn't actually a wounded patient at all. It was this crisis actor. Um, and, uh, yeah, and there was another example, I can't remember of him in that scenario, but that, what, that he is, he isn't a crisis actor, is he? And that wasn't actually him. And that meme, by the way, was shared by a senior broadcast journalist here in Britain, who I won't name because I've got enough on my plate, to be honest. But what do you, what do you, tell me, tell me about that example. I mean, I, I think those examples are, you know, it's like, you know, official Israel accounts have shared uh, examples of people saying that they are injured. Palestinians faking injuries that are actually screenshots from films, behind the scenes of films, right? So people are taking content, they're decontextualizing and reappropriating it to, to form propaganda. And it's crude and it seems stupid, but at the end of the day, like the, the secret with disinformation is not necessarily the quality, it's about putting out false information quickly and at scale. And then you can fool people into believing those things. And just um, so people know, the, the vlogger I refer to, they what they did is they got a Palestinian 15-year-old who mm. was uh, attacked last year in a refugee camp. It wasn't him at all. And they made it so it was actually him when it wasn't. You, you've mm. also raised this example of them using fake nurses. Tell me about yeah, this. Yeah. What, we, what are we talking about here? Well, you know, one of the muddy areas here of disinformation propaganda, it's not always clear who's behind it, who's making it. But at the same time, what's important is we can see who's sharing it, right? Uh, the, the example of my fake nurse has been has become legendary, right? It was uh, about two weeks ago. And the reason the nurse was relevant is because one of the focal points of this war has been hospitals, because Israel have been attacking hospitals, including a Shifa medical complex, right? And one of the arguments Israel always use is that Hamas are using these hospitals yeah. as bases and operating centers. They dig tunnels underneath it, and they're using patients as human shields, right? And so what Israel have tried to do is try to spend time legitimizing their attacks on hospitals, which have resulted in hundreds of deaths. So the, the, the nurse was, it's popped up online a TikTok video of someone who claimed to be a Palestinian nurse working at Al-Shifa filming herself a selfie video saying oh you know I'm, I'm basically um uh, Hamas are awful they're using people as human shields they're not letting us leave right and it was just I mean it was ridiculous firstly she had immaculate makeup in a war zone um she she had like a very strategically placed Palestinian Ministry of Health uh sign behind her um she was wearing um Kind of an immaculate coat which you know after the horrors we've seen coming out of the hospital is very implausible the audio sounded fake and crucially her accent was terrible she didn't speak uh, arabic she wasn't a native speaker and this video was then shared by the official israel ministry of foreign affairs camp in arabic and it was shared by uh hundreds of other influencers and got millions of views right the whole point of this video is very simple it was trying to say i'm an insider i'm a palestinian and i also oppose hamas i agree with the israeli narrative that hamas are using this hospital it was soon deleted because everyone was just taking the piss out of it because it was so obviously it was, fake. It was ludicrous. It was ludicrous. It was, it was ludicrous, right? But it was being shared as if it yeah, were by official accounts, right? So this yeah. is a, a classic attempt of someone we don't necessarily know the source of that propaganda or that disinformation, of course, because it, or deception. I mean, it was many different things in addition to being propaganda, but it was concocted. Um, and again, it was purely an attempt to try and uh, legitimize 
uh, Israeli attacks on civilians and civilian infrastructure and hospitals um, by faking an insider, right? And again, how many people saw this video and actually thought it was true before it was deleted and debunked? I like to think in this case, maybe not many believed it was true, even the most ardent. I saw people believing it. I saw people believing it. Yeah, I did at the time. I just, you know, I yeah. need some faith in humanity to believe that people yeah. aren't necessarily stupid. But. Um, the soundtrack itself of the bombs was so ludicrous. You'd, you'd hope so. Yeah. Just two other things, just in terms of the Western media. And, mm. and how it, how Palestine, how Palestinian suffering is marginalized through selection bias. Just explain, what do you mean by that? Because I know that's a theme. Well, when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Yeah, so, I mean, we have uh, a war here. We have a historic, uh, you know, war. We've we've had a situation where this uh occupation apartheid is never contextualized. In fact, it's become taboo to, to contextualize it. You can't almost say that it didn't start on October the 7th, because if you say it starts on October the 7th, then that acknowledges that you blaming everything on Hamas, which is unreasonable. You need to look at the whole context of history here. But that's, that's one aspect of how this uh, conflict is framed. But the thing I'm, I think is really important is we've seen such a huge scale of Palestinian uh, deaths, right? Verging on what the former ICC prosecutor, Lua Campo, calls genocide, right? And many people are calling it genocide or genocidal uh, because it is. Um, and so you have a situation where you have what is being described as genocide, yet you also have a situation where the, the number of people being killed is being omitted or at least completely in, made invisible in mainstream media. So I did a study early on in this after about 14 days of coverage, for example, in the Daily Mail, uh, you know, which many people know as a, as a sort of right-leaning British newspaper that's widely read. And on the front pages of the first two weeks of this conflict, they did not mention the cumulative total of Palestinians killed, which is already reaching into the thousands, not one day. And they mentioned, for example, the number of Israelis who were killed about four or five times on the front pages, right? And I know it's a right-wing paper, but to me, that's a really, really potent example of marginalization of Palestinian suffering, not wanting to give people the full scale of the impact of Israeli bombing on Palestine. And I think that is really key because remember, you know, some people have said before that omission is one of the most virulent forms of censorship. If you don't show something that is really crucial, and the amount of Palestinians killed here is so crucial, then you're engaging in some form of either censorship or worse, certainly propaganda uh, and deception, I would say, because you're not giving people readily the full facts that are relevant for them to make a, an informed understanding of what's going on now in Gaza and Israel. The other thing I know you've been speaking about is fear-mongering, disinformation used to undermine solidarity mm. with Palestinian activists. What do you mean by that? So this is really an interesting one, right? One of the most crucial things to sustain, I think, the Israeli bombing campaign is the notion that they get 
not unconditional Western support, but they've had certainly uh, very clear support from the US and UK and places like Germany. So what's really important about this is the way that you counter that support is to have activists and, and people mobilize in places like the UK and the US to basically express that they are not happy with their country's support for what is genocide, right? So, you know, Israel knows this. And so what do you do? Well, you have to try and undermine solidarity movements abroad because those solidarity movements can change public opinion, put pressure on the governments to withdraw their support for Israel. And that's what's happening. And we and there's some really interesting things going on. So very early on in this in this in in in, in this war in October, I, for example, would see a video. Someone would share this video of a car doing donuts in a freeway in the US, right? It's, bear with me, sounds strange. Getting millions of engagements saying, hey, look, these yobs, Palestinian terrorists, waving the Palestinian flag are uh you know here spreading you know spreading their kind of agenda and ideology right essentially trying to get people in the us who are reading this content to sort of say oh my god these palestinians are muslim terrorists and they're going to come and get us look at the video pause it zoom in it's not even a palestinian flag it's a cuban flag and the funny thing about that particular incident and again which went viral yeah. is that there was a cbs journalist stuck in the traffic a few cars behind and so i remember reach out to him along with another people and go hey was this a Palestinian flag? And he's like, no, it was nothing to do with that, right? And so that was one example, but there's there's some more potent examples. And I mean, I won't go into the details about what's going on in college campuses in the US, but something came to light recently that was really alarming, which is again, um, and, and college campuses are an important site of solidarity movements with Palestine. So trying to smear pro-Palestinian activists is a way of trying to spread fear and try to remove support from those movements. There was a case in the University of British Columbia in Canada where, um, someone had been sticking I love Hamas stickers around, right? And this was obviously used as an opportunity to say that pro-Palestinian activists support Hamas and terrorism and that this was creating conditions that were making, you know, Jewish students fearful for their safety, right? And you can understand if that was true, why that would be the case. However, it turned out that the person putting those stickers was a contractor for Hillel, which is a organization set up to, you know, um, uh, to promote Jewish life on campus. And it's been accused by some of being a Zionist organization. So you have a contractor working for a Zionist organization, basically spreading I love Hamas stickers around campus to create an atmosphere of fear and distrust and anti-Semitism and Islamophobia. Now, that level of deception is really akin to an influence operation. Someone trying to create division amongst activists in the UK and the US, and the US in this case, and Canada, in order to undermine the solidarity movement that would put pressure on its governments to try and end their support for the ongoing genocide in Israel, uh, Gaza, by Israel. Just very lastly, uh, because we covered yeah. so much from your incredible expertise, I mean, Sorry. maybe this is just hard, I mean, it's kind of speculative. It's just whenever I tweet about, I've always, whenever I tweet about lots of things, get bombarded by people going, eh, you know, screaming all sorts of gibberish, but yeah. it, it's never okay. been so striking to me um, that when I tweet something about Israel slash Gaza, I will immediately be bombarded with accounts which aren't following me, but they're clearly my tweets because they'll respond often immediately. Um, and um, they're anonymous. They've often joined recently, but you go through their tweets. It's just them responding about just talking about Israel, Gaza and spreading certain narratives yeah. and claims, which are obviously supportive of what Israel's doing. Is that a troll farm? basically? And is it just impossible to prove that? It's very hard to prove that. But from what we know about how Hasbro 2.0 operate, 
we know, for example, that in, in, in previous bombing campaigns of Gaza, they have crisis kind of teams uh, on university campuses in Israel where people will all go to a room and engage in explaining where they will confront people who are seen as pro-Palestinian or critical of Israel to try and, you know, tell them the truth. And that will also involve and can involve attacking those people, right? So if you have suddenly loads of people who are told to do that, it involves setting up new accounts. That is a nature of coordinated, I would say, inauthentic behavior, even if it's real. But at the same time, we know, and I know from uh, how X is operating now, that the prevalence of bots and fake accounts is huge. And um, the chances are in this, in, in any war, in any conflict situation, there any regime will resort to using fake accounts and bots to try and intimidate and target key opinion formers who are deemed to be influential voices with harassment. So I would say it's almost 99%, 99% sure that there are troll farms operating and that they are attacking you. Some of those will be real people too, who have just yeah, got course, up yeah. a pseudonym and, yeah. and want to attack you. But there's no doubt in my mind that there will be. In fact, there is an Israeli company called Team Jorge um, who, who sell a software called Ames. And this whole software is basically an interface with loads of avatars, so fake accounts, on multiple platforms from LinkedIn to Twitter to Facebook X, who even have crypto accounts. And the whole point of these accounts is to create an illusion of real people who engage with other people online. You have a software like this as a single operative, and especially now with AI and chat GPT, you could basically have an army of people at your disposal who could do what you want, whether it's just try and change a narrative subtly or attack people, right? And we know that Israel has these capabilities because people who previously worked for their uh, intelligence service are selling this product to foreign governments. So, you know, I have no doubt that this is being deployed now. I mean, why wouldn't it be? You know, it's being treated as Israel's 9-11. Of course, it's going to be used. Mark, that was a tour de force. We covered so much. And I think this is just an insight into the brilliant work that Mark does on this issue. So do follow him at Mark with a C, Owen Jones, on uh, Twitter. Um, and do read his work. I'll publish on Al Jazeera and all sorts of different platforms. But all the way through this has been, for me, crucial in terms of looking at the misinformation that has been spread in this war. And this is so important because it is about life or death. That's what misinformation in in, in war boils down to so mark thank you so so much for your work please like and subscribe and share this video but a huge huge thanks to mark and his amazing work thank you hey it's Paige desorbo from giggly squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to quince i'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters sleek leather jackets fine jewelry and so much more with quince being 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands and they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.